Državljan D. Podcast za aktivne državljane. Welcome everybody. It's the 18th of February 2022, but you're listening to this episode of Podcast Citizen D on the 15th of April 2022. Uh, today we're joined by two guests, uh, Lukas and Jerry from Technopolice NGO in Brussels, Belgium. Welcome guys. Um, the topic of today's discussion is uh, it, it, it's a two-parter. Uh, it's surveillance society meets smart city development. Uh, Lukas and Jerry are uh, a part of the Technopolis NGO who focuses on, on both subjects. And to bring us into the, into the mix, can you tell us a little bit of uh, the work you do in, in Technopolis and how does that connect with uh, surveillance and or smart city? Okay, there I go. Um, so Technopolis uh, is quite recent. Uh, the, the campaign was started a, a few years ago uh, by the, the French NGO La Quadrature du Net uh, and we sort of imported it to, to Brussels uh, two years ago and uh, as you might have uh, realized that there was this uh, pandemic so uh, our beginnings were kind of uh, complicated uh, but it's now uh, some time that we never nonetheless managed uh, so our main goal is to to oppose technologies of uh, of surveillance um, so basically what we what we do uh, is to focus on on urban technologies like the, the sort of uh, of cameras or uh, other issues that we will uh, go through uh, during this this interview I guess um, but so this is our main focus is to try to um, to understand what are all the, the technologies of surveillance that are spreading in the city of Brussels and to go a bit uh, in depth of uh, what are all the issues at stake related to these technologies, who are the actors who are involved, who is making the decisions, uh, is it all legal or is it uh, in a sort of a doubtful area and uh, we also want to organize some opposition because it's not only about uh, producing information but of course uh, we are not very satisfied with all these surveillance devices and we would like to have uh, a stronger opposition to it. So, so my question would be looking at uh, your online uh, website or your online project, the carto.technopolis.be, um, it seems there's a lot of, uh, a lot of surveillance in Brussels. Uh, you have cameras from uh, public actors, you have cameras from, from private actors. How did you uh, amass all of these uh, data sets? Well, it's been quite a lot of work, actually, because um, the, the institutional uh, way that uh, Brussels is organized is kind of crazy, because you have 19 different municipalities, you have six different police zones, you have the Belgian state, which is, I mean, Brussels is the capital city of Belgium and sort of the capital city of, of Europe. So, yeah, it's you have so many different actors. The only thing that was uh, helping us in the past was that they, they used to be uh, a public registry. Uh, it used to be the case that if uh, someone would install a camera, they would have to warn the privacy commission and on the Privacy Commission website, all of these informations had to be available. This is not the case anymore because they changed the law in 2018, uh, but nonetheless, this was a, a very good basis for us to, to start with. 
but then uh, after the, after this, it depends. Like sometimes the the police is very proud when they install cameras, so they make a communique in the press, or sometimes the. Um, and uh, the, the, the councils, they publish uh, their, their discussions or uh, also if you ask politely just send an email and ask okay could you provide me with the list of cameras they sometimes do sometimes they do not answer or they say okay this is too too touchy we will not provide you with this information uh, but so it's, it's really a lot of different of different sources and uh, so this is for the public cameras but then for the rest of what we are mapping uh, basically it's field work like we we organize uh, walks in the city we try to, to do this uh, something like once a month uh, during the, the months that are not too cold and rainy, which kind of <laughs> reduces the, the possibilities in, in Belgium. Uh, but then, yeah, we, we just uh, make an appointment with whoever wants to, to take part. Uh, we give a, a short briefing of uh, like uh, what we want to do, how do we plan it, and then we just uh, spread with uh, small groups uh, in the neighborhood, and we try to map all the all the devices that we that we encounter. Hmm. What do you think is is let's say the biggest impact of of your work? So we've seen a lot of these projects uh, all around the uh, literally the globe, where activists map out um, the amount of of surveillance that is that is installed in in the wild. But what do you think is is the effect of these uh, these projects or or specifically your project? Do you think that that people aren't as aware of these surveillance systems as they should be? Um, so maybe uh, I would say on two or three different levels. One uh, would be uh, the, the most direct effect would be um, just people coming at the meeting and mapping. So obviously you usually have uh, a bit more than a dozen uh, of persons. And then uh, basically it's maybe three, four persons that knows very well the thing. And then mostly not random people, people interested in it, but that don't know much. And so the the direct effect would be on those people that uh, uh, become involved in mapping. That would be one thing. And concretely, what is the effect is uh, they get taught how to uh, look and screen the city in order to uh, spot all the surveillance uh, devices. So that would be one very little effect, but nonetheless quite important uh, uh, for us. And then uh, I would say the, the map is uh, quite impressive. So that, that would be the effect you were talking about. Is they become aware that surveillance is quite massive. And then it would be maybe a third kind of effect that we are uh, right now attempting to uh, foster more is to be um, even more systematic uh, in terms of uh, counting, numbering, not only uh, the devices themselves, but also, also what it costed to uh, the municipalities to get it installed uh, and who, which industrials are benefiting from it. So this would be more an in-depth cartography uh, and somehow more in-depth than what is usually found. And that's uh, a work uh, uh, on, in progress right now. Hmm. And what do you think is the, let's say, the political background or the political justification of uh, this growing surveillance city that is that is Brussels? So how do 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 powers that be 
justify all of these uh, surveillance systems? So, as I said, there is this, this thing that we have 19 different municipalities. So, uh, all each and every municipality has a mayor. And this mayor has to somehow show that he or she is doing something. And one of the main issues that you can find at this very local level is the question of, of safety and of street cleanliness and all these kind of issues of how the, the street is organized and, and managed. And yeah, I can say that, uh, I would say that they are not very um, creative in the way that they do this sort of, of management. And uh, the cameras are one of the one of the things on the list, one of the things that they can do and then call the media and say like, hey, look at me, I've been doing this, we've been investing money, look at us, we are doing something for, for, for the people here. So that's one of the explanations. Then you also have the, 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 the fact that we mentioned that Brussels is, is a capital city, uh, it's the capital city of Flanders, of the Belgian state, uh, to some extent to the, to the European uh, Union, and so it, it has to, to somehow show that things are, are being handled seriously in here, and that, okay, uh, if we have uh, a top of uh, European uh, ministers or prime ministers, uh, then it's going to be all safe and everything will be under control. So this is also a, a push to have more uh, more police and surveillance in in the streets, and then you have this this general tendency of uh, of the the competition intercities that all of the cities nowadays they try to uh, to attract uh, some capital and to and to show that they are that they are very. Um, progressive but also in terms of technological progress and uh, and Brussels is also a part of this sort of uh, trend of uh, smart cities and, uh, and if you want to be part of this uh, sort of um, smart city thing then you have to put sensors everywhere including including cameras hmm. so do you think Moving on to our next subject and combining uh, what we've just talked about, do you think smart cities and, and surveillance uh, systems are somehow connected? <laughs> I guess, um, so yeah, it, it for sure it depends how you understand this, this idea of, of smart city. Um, if it's not very clear where it, where it comes from, but it seems like uh, the original idea of, of talking about smart cities comes from IBM, uh, the the large uh, company uh, and yeah basically their their plan was to to propose some so-called solutions to municipalities and these solutions were that uh, if you put sensors in the different systems that a city has to has to regulate be it uh, traffic management be it uh, energy being uh, water supply whatever then you will get up enough information to make all of these systems more efficient but of course it will be IBM providing the sensors providing the algorithms to analyze them and also uh, the the know-how of, of what to do about it and to some extent it would mean uh, a privatization of some of the of the public sectors of public management um, but if this is what you mean by smart cities the idea of putting sensors everywhere then of course it's 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 another way, another word for surveillance. It's uh, and it's 
it depends what you are actually doing and who has access to the data uh, to see how, how bad it is. Uh, but it's uh, for me, it's it's impossible to to disentangle the two the two ideas. Hmm. Because another aspect that uh, does not uh, is not uh, being talked enough while discussing smart cities is exactly the the privacy and and security angle, right? You you hear a lot about optimization. You hear a lot about uh, uh, big data sets that would help optimize uh, different uh, services, but you don't hear enough about you know data sets, uh, privacy invasions, and and so on. Uh, so I guess m- my next question in that regard would be: Is this is 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 a term or is a is a concept of of private smart city even possible, even even if just in theory? So I, w- I would I would take take back what Lucas said in the sense that uh, smart city uh, really sounds and seems to be uh, a buzzword that whose main function is to foster investment, technological investment that are somehow related to the city. And then when you look at uh, what is concretely deployed, uh, you have loads of things, but one of the main things that is being deployed, or one of the main things that are being deployed are cameras, and that's the, the most concrete thing that is being deployed. And also then you, you could also talk about oh, uh, uh, a whole lot of antennas and uh, footfall analytics and all these kinds of things uh, that relates to that. So uh, the question is, first, should we take smart city seriously as a concept? Uh, maybe not. More like a, a, a buzzword fostering investment. And second, what is being invested in it? Definitely uh, uh, cameras and uh, uh, image analysis of these cameras. So yeah, the, the two concepts are intimately uh, are related and with that in mind I, d- I don't quite see uh, what we would do of a private smart city except if uh, the only idea uh, would be to handle flows but then we then it's not a smart city problem the question is uh, how do we deal with transpo- transportation issues in a city and maybe technology can help and maybe not. And so that's part of the discourse that needs to be deconstructed in the sense that um, that's what everybody nowadays call technological solutionism is um, everything looks like a nail to someone who has a hammer in hand. That's the, uh, the expression. And so if you want to solve the transportation problem, then think about it. Don't, don't presuppose that these would be sensors and computers that would solve the whole problem. And actually, if you want to have a good idea of what are the transportation flow uh, in your city, you don't need to install sensor. You just need to ask Google what's happening or to force Google to open their data sets of geolocation if they if they not have done it already. Hmm. But but isn't that uh, like the, the 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 same coin just looking at it from a different side? So you either have data sets under your possession or you, you know, um, source them out to to Google and uh, and other other big companies. Yeah, you're right. Right. So my example was bad. My, the example was more uh, you don't need to a smart city to handle transport flow. That was the point. Mm. 
so uh, so it, but the, the 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 point of the the point was you just change the angle. The question is how is not anymore how to make a good s smart city. The question is how to address transportation issues, and then mm. it's a whole different uh, uh, business. And then uh, with your question is uh, in what kind of use cases would be in would it be interesting to have large data sets uh, uh that i don't know maybe in transportation issues it could be possible then the question becomes is it possible to collect data anonymously about uh transportation to a certain extent it can and it could be done and it doesn't require huge huge uh, uh transformation of the infrastructure of the city uh, uh so uh I would simply take the, the question in another way. Don't, let's not think about a private smart city. Let's think about what are the problems that we want to solve and can we, do we need data to solve it? And maybe, maybe not. And can we collect some data without uh, uh, getting personal data? Hmm. So you, you both, yeah, just go, yeah. Yeah, so that's the, uh, I would I mean I mean I would go further in, in in this like the the first question is what is the sort of of, of problems or of issues and to be understood as mostly social issues that we are trying to to tackle and most of the time I think it won't be a technological uh, answer that would be the most appropriate to it for instance if you take traffic management maybe it's it's more about uh, having more uh, public transportation more room for bikes and so on and trying to to regulate uh, the, the the cars better I, I, I don't know uh, but then if you nonetheless indeed decide to uh, take a more technological path or, or some sort of alternative smart city then indeed we have to look at this at what is the least intrusive uh, solution and to make sure that the data will be handled in a way that is transparent and that we don't just give uh, the keys of the city to, to IBM or Google or, or whatever, because then it's going to be very, very obvious that we, <laughs> we're not going to have any control over the data. But let's, let's just be very careful with, with this kind of answer, because we also know that if we indeed go in the direction of uh, Internet of Things and having really like lots of sensors everywhere, it's going to be impossible to make it in a safe way because just everything will have to, to run very, very fast and very smoothly. And, and you cannot have a strong encryption and uh, lots of security measures. Uh, I mean, it's not the way that, uh, that it works for the moment. Like uh, all, the, all the devices that are part of the Internet of Things, they are, they are produced in, in, in China at very, very low fares. And, and the security uh, <laughs> is ridiculous. So, maybe, I mean, uh, like, it would require a very, very important shift in the way that we handle the, these sorts of things to, to make it really, really serious. Hmm. My, my next question would be exactly in, in this direction. So how do we make the shift, right? You've mentioned uh, big companies, IBM and, and other conglomerates that are that are very anxious to to sell their techno determinism to to unsuspecting citizens you have uh, mayors and other elected representatives that uh, i guess still think uh, tech is cool so 
where does it uh, where do we start uh, changing the narrative of of techno determinism and or of smart cities or uh, surveillance society i think one of the steps that would be really necessary i guess is the fact that for the moment the impression that we have is that you have a very small municipality with very low budgets uh, who have to face very large companies uh, be it google and ibm but also like the the big four uh, kpmg accenture this sort of uh, of consultants company uh, and what could change is uh, the fact that actually there are lots of municipalities who have to somehow face the same kind of challenges and if there were sort of alliances saying okay actually we have this this strong issue like for instance i don't know uh, how do we try to regulate uh, airbnb or, or uber eats or whatever then the the means could be could be much greater like if as an individual city you have to develop uh, a free and open source uh, program is going to be very costly. If you are ten cities or a hundred cities, then it's very cheap, and the solution can be can be reproduced as 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 much as we want. So I think this question of of scale at at which scale do we do we think of this sort of problem is, is very important. But I would say that the first step to start with is just to say okay what is a smart city why would i need it and if it's actually not useful then fuck off mm, and m maybe to to add so to add upon that uh, would be uh, so how to change a narrative would be uh like lucas said uh framing problems uh instead of uh, taking up solutions uh, right away and that's for changing the so-called smart city narrative then you you would have changing the surveillance narrative. Uh, that's the second bit uh, in the smart city part. And that would, I mean, you have two basic arguments about that. And one would be simply that it's mostly inefficient and bad spending. So that's the deg ze degree zero of uh, uh, political argumentation, but that's not nonetheless important and effective in discussions. And then you have another broader argument that would simply say, um, Surveillance is increasing asymmetry of power between state and citizen, and it presumes or it assumes that uh, citizens need only to be protected from other citizens and not from the states. And uh, 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 um, a radical uh, uh, democratic stance would simply say that we also need to uh, be protected from the states, and so we need to keep this asymmetry of power to the minimum so that would be to changing the surveillance narrative and then what you said about changing the technological narrative and what lucas was uh, uh saying about uh, uh the, the example he took of open source and collaborating cities that's another uh, important aspect of our collective is that we have self-defense uh, digital workshop and so the question is how can we uh, not only uh, criticize texts that we believe need to be criticized, but how can we also uh, uh, propel people to invent a new relationship to technology, more active, and where technology uh, not only shape their wants, but um, more straightforwardly answer what they believe their needs are. 
and uh, uh, that's what we do uh, 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 also with uh, this uh, self-defense digital workshop. Hmm. And uh, you've opened up my my favorite uh, uh, favorite topic in in these uh, these podcast episodes, and that's exactly the the personal responsibility, right? We we keep we keep coming back to this educated citizen that has all the skills, all the knowledge, that has all the focus. Uh, uh, with which he uses to to uh, identify the problem and to you know avoid uh, surveillance society and and dodge all the all the uh, tentacles of it. But but in reality, do you think that um, you know being an informed citizen is already the the solution, or is this just the like the first part of the argument? Okay, you know the problem, you see the problem. Now you have to figure out, uh, let's say, a political solution to it. Well, of course, it, it depends on how you you think of a citizen. If it's the very limited uh, view of like voting every every few years and maybe consuming uh, in this or that way, then of course it's it's very limited. But if you m- move towards something that is bit more active and involved in in the way that things are actually actually working then indeed like we <coughs> we don't believe in in hardcore top-down solution we think that it, it has to come more from from the people so yeah it's it's sort of a of a, of a decision on our sides to to push more on, the, on this side uh, but it's true that it's just it's not the f- five to even hundred persons that we we might have convinced to to change their computer from from windows to linux that will radically radically change the situation but if they also talk around themselves and if when they have to get involved in the decision of let's say um what is the sort of system that is used as their job or what is the sort of solution that will be implemented in their municipality at all of these different scales maybe we will have managed to 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 modify the the sensitivity of people towards the the issues of technology and this can have uh, an impact um i don't know jerry if you want to add to it yeah i know i yeah no i th- indeed I, I think you you no you answered no no i don't i don't have much to add yeah I, to go in this direction i would simply say these workshops uh if we if we look at them very concretely what do we see indeed uh it's about uh use the the habits of using a smartphone for instance uh but it's not necessarily thought when you look at it concretely what happens when uh, a dozen of, of people come there then then don't find themselves alone in their room uh, uh, doing stuff on their smartphones to get rid of the surveillance society. It's their meeting collectively, they discuss for an afternoon, they come back because they have issues, they become politicized. So I would say the solution there is local, but I wouldn't say it's individual. That would be a, a first uh, step aside. And then definitely we don't believe and we don't think and we are not convinced that it's it's the big answer to all the problems, but still it's an important gesture that is somehow hard in some circumstances, but can be facilitated if uh, you have a collective that supports you to simply bar the way of uh, loads of uh, uh, attempts from, uh, let's say, GAFAMs and other companies 
uh, to collect personal data on you. Then it doesn't obviously address uh, other surveillance issue uh, like all the ones that uh, have to do with the state. It doesn't do anything against uh, the multiplication of cameras and the idea that it's a fabulous thing to have cameras covering the whole city. It doesn't do much about how the administration is using software or forcing us to, uh, to use software or how about the educational system uh, 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 does uh, uh, the same as the administration by having proprietary software and getting people used to them before, uh, 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 before them, them becoming adults. Yeah. Hmm. So, so in the long run, so, sorry. So in the long run, do you think that uh, this personal activation should, uh, should lead to, let's say a more, um, a more coordinated efforts to push for better laws, uh, to push for better argumentation, if not anything else of, uh, uh, of these, uh, surveillance systems and, and other aspects we've we've discussed yeah and like what, what i wanted to to say and it goes a bit in this in this direction is that we actually get lots of requests like every single week there is like from two to five emails in our in our mailbox of different uh, schools ngos political parties um, activist group whatever who ask us like hey would you like to come and talk at this festival at this event would you like to come and meet my group of students to talk about this so i think we are also uh, somehow gaining momentum and we don't always have the <laughs> the means in terms of uh, of people being available to to do it but definitely we have to 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 think of like where we want to put our efforts to sort of uh, have uh, a maximum of of, uh, of effect on it, and for instance, um, like the Microsoft and Google, they are pushing a lot for the moment to uh, get control of universities and schools and uh, to make sure that they they cannot be replaced in the way that uh, let's say the um, the mail system, the, the the online courses and so on are, are being managed. And so this is uh, one spot where we want to, to intervene to make sure that this doesn't happen. Um, we are also thinking of some places where, for instance, in Belgium, you have what they call uh, digital public spaces. So if you have difficulties with connecting to the internet or using a computer, you can go to these places and there will be someone actually helping you to create a, an email address and so on. And we also want to intervene on this spot to make sure that the, the advices that are given uh, to, to newcomers are not to just, okay, go to Google and, and make yourself a, a Gmail address, and, and, but to also have the possibility to choose for uh, alternatives and to make them uh, more easily accessible. So, yeah, this is, this is about strategy, um, which wasn't our first focus when we started. Like, it was more like, okay, let's do something. And there was this sort of dynamic that started. Um, most of what we do is also just to, to produce discourse, to, to produce like some criticism, uh, to avoid that just all of the, of the technologies are adopted uh, uncritically. And I think this is already a step so that the, the next time that something comes, people maybe raise a neighbor and think like, okay, but what, what about surveillance? What about privacy? What about who's, who's in control of these technologies? 
But yeah, we also have to say that we are between 10 and 20 people. We, we cannot like stop Google with our little arms. And, and maybe to pursue on that on, in terms of coordinated efforts, is, I think it's also in the very uh, purpose of, the, administra of the, um, the organization to be local in the sense that it's we're focusing on a city, on our city, and on the technology in our city. And so the idea would be, and the original idea of La Quadrature du Net was that every city should have is its own collective thinking through these issues locally. And uh, so that would be a, a first step and then um, a first point. And, and then the question is, obviously, we don't have, uh, our vocation is not to solve all the, all the issues at a uh, Belgian regional or European level. Um, and so what, what's to be done? That's the question you were asking. And obviously, as a collective, we don't have a, a definite strategy regarding the, these issues because it's, it's, uh, uh, we decided to not focus on these issues for this very reason. But still, there is one, another thing, another important thing uh, we do and that addresses maybe a less local level. Uh, we are currently using uh, transparency administration law uh, to make uh, uh, loads of uh, requests for information uh, in order to get access to administrative documents that would enable us to better document uh, uh, the administrative and political strategies in deploying surveillance systems or technological systems, not only in Brussels, but in different cities. And so this would be, again, more an information uh, mission, but an information on a much broader scale and uh, with a, uh, a more in-depth uh, uh, perspective. Uh, and and th that would enable people either individually or collectively, other collectives, to take up these informations and to, to make a point. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Um, thank you both for, for joining us uh, during the, the storm in, <laughs> in Brussels. Uh, I hope you, 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 you get to your, to your uh, home uh, safely. Um, luckily, Smart City is not rigged for uh, bio-solutions um, uh, bio or, or solving the, the issues of, of storms. Um, Thank you, dear listener, for, for joining us for yet another episode of uh, Citizen D Podcast. And uh, we'll, talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you next month. Take care and uh, see you soon.